0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Powsport Outfitters, the podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. It was quite a show down in Kissimmee, Florida for the first two KBF trail events as well as the KBF Tempitational. I was really surprised when I looked at my phone on Saturday morning to check how everyone was doing and saw a 24-incher already posted on the board. And that was kind of the story of the entire weekend from the KPF events is there were a lot of big fish caught. Even in practice, there were Jody Queen caught an 11-pound, two-ounce fish. And the trend of big bass being caught carried into the tournaments. And at 9.30, when that 24 incher was already on the board, I thought it was going to take over 100 inches to win the event. However, it didn't quite get to 100 inches. The closest anybody came to that mark was Joshua Sharp with 98 and inches on day one. He went on to win Temptational with 184 and three quarter inches. Congratulations to him. But for the Trail Series guys, no one quite got to 100 inches. The closest the trail series guys got was on day two when Russ Snyder's, he caught 94 and a quarter inches. And let's talk about Russ Snyder's for a minute because he had an eventful week to say the least. The dude flipped his kayak, reaching for something that fell in the water in wavy conditions he sits on the top of his kayak for at least an hour, probably more, waiting on waiting on someone to come help him. Loses several rods. You know, on top of that, somebody steals his unit with all of his waypoints, and he has to go buy a new unit. And still, he wins day two of the trail series with 94 and a quarter inches, as I said. Finishes second in the ten He's qualified for the ten already. You know the hot take here is Russ Snyder's is a really, really good angler, and that's not much of a hot take if you've been following what this what this guy has been doing in the kayak game for a while now. He's he's a special angler, and it was pretty it was pretty uh, a pretty cool redemption story for him to you know go through all he went through during practice and still come out with one win and a and a top five in the in the first trail series event so shout out to russ for a great performance i know he's not a north carolina angler but still that's uh that's worth celebrating right there for sure joe comiotti was the highest finishing north carolina guy from the two days of the trail series he finished 10th on day one with 83 and a half inches You know, some really good fish there for him throughout the day. Eric Nelson finished 19th on the second day, the second Trail Series event. And Corey Dreyer finished top 25 both days of the Trail Series. The first day, he finished 23rd, and day two, he finished 20th. So, a couple of of pretty good finishes from our North Carolina crew. Joe will actually be joining us later on in the show to discuss what he discovered in florida and kind of let us know how he was able to get the job done so stay tuned for that later in the show meanwhile when this podcast is released cory dreyer will be competing in the 10 i saw some of their instagram stories the guys who qualified i saw some of their instagram stories and that uh you want to make it to the 10 for sure You, you get a lot there's a lot of perks with being in in that club It's a really good payday on top of everything else, so keep an eye on that, and hopefully Corey can come home with a win for the North Carolina crew. There is more action ahead in Florida as well as the Hobie BOS season kicks off at Lake Seminole this weekend. That should be a really interesting event. I don't know very much about Lake Seminole personally. I do know it was a favorite lake to go to for the FLW Pro Circuit. I imagine the fish will be... I don't know what the fish will be actually. I think they're probably going to be pre-spawn, but there's a big cold front coming through as well this weekend. So I'm not sure what the, what the fishing is going to hold there. But this should be an interesting event regardless. It's a pretty tricky lake from what I understand. As far as getting around in a bass boat but we're all in kayaks so getting around as far as stumps and stuff will not be as difficult for the kayak guys so i'm excited to see what what's going to come out of that tournament two-day event so far 122 anglers are registered so keep an eye on that this weekend i think you'll see a lot of big fish caught at that event as well and Overall, this winter, in general, from what I'm seeing, it's been quality over quantity, and that's gener- That's kind of how wintertime fishing is anyway, but seeing some of the fish caught around the country this year has been really, really incredible. Sam Rayburn, in particular, is kicking out some really big fish lately. Derek Mundy won the MLF Toyota Series There over the weekend with over 70 pounds, including catching a beautiful 13 pound bass. And here in North Carolina, there was a big time lunker caught as well. Um, Todd Harris went to High Rock Lake and caught a 10 pound, 4 ounce fish. So congratulations to Todd. If you haven't seen that fish yet, there's a story about it over on Carolina Sportsman's website. It's a, it's a beautiful fish. It's so thick. I think it's one of the thickest fish I've ever seen in my entire life. So congratulations to him. One of the interesting things about that fish catch in particular is the dude was using a squarebill crankbait. And when you think about wintertime fishing in general, you think about going out and finding some, some deeper school somewhere between the 20 to 30 foot range trying to find the bait fish out deep but as as mr harris proved you don't necessarily have to have to go out and scan around and try to find that big school you can catch big fish up shallow as well i think next time i head out i'm thinking about going to Shear and harris on thursday to to do a little bit of fishing the tar river's all blown out down here so Thinking about going up to Sheeran Harris and maybe I'll tie on a square bill and see if I can't find any, any better luck. Something else to touch on here locally: the KBF Challenge Series closed over the weekend. It closed on Sunday, and Sean Worrell wins the North Carolina Challenge Series for January with 75 and a half inches. There were some spotted bass and some largemouth in there. If you want to guess what lake he was fishing at for for this event, Hank Vajon comes in second with 72 and a half inches, and Justin Finger comes in third with 42 and three quarter inches. So, a couple of a couple of uh, my recent guests coming up with a uh, coming up with a top top three finish in the challenge series. So, registration for the February challenge series is closed, I believe. Um, Last year there were several hundred inch bags in the February challenge series. So keep an eye on that for for the month of February. I know Queen City has their monthly going on as well. Um, I will get back to you on a winner from the January Queen City monthly event next week. One thing I want to mention about last week's episode I made a mistake last week talking about the Queen City kayak bass fishing event at Lake James. I said there were 18 total anglers that caught fish. However, that number was actually 42 anglers who caught fish. Commissioner Vinny Ferrari brought that to my attention when he sent me stats over for from the event. There was a stat there that said 18 anglers caught one fish. And I misread that as 18 anglers only caught fish. So I apologize for that mistake. Thank you to Vinny for bringing that to my attention. Hopefully in future podcasts, I will learn how to read better. So apologies for that mistake. But thank you for listening to that episode anyway. It was a, it was a very well-listened-to episode, and I really appreciate you all tuning in for it, despite my, despite my error. Before we get to our guests today, I have to thank Carolina Waters for their support of the podcast. Carolina Waters is a performance and outdoor lifestyle brand that celebrates the aquatic resources in North Carolina, from the mountains to the coast, and all points in between. Check out their selection of lightweight performance shirts with sun protection, soft style logo tees, including a new Redfish series of shirts, comfy multi-season hoodies, and a variety of headwear. Whether you are on the water or just hanging around town, Carolina Waters has you covered. And my listeners can use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special offer. Check them out at carolinawatersnc.com, on Instagram at carolinawatersnc, and on Facebook at carolinawatersnc. I just got one of their hoodies in the mail and it is so comfortable. I encourage you to go check them out. You will not be disappointed with, with what comes in the mail. I also would like to thank Carolina Sport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. CPSO are a dealer for Native, Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Seastream, and Cuckoo Watercraft. Visit their website at www.carolinapso.com and their main location at Ace Hardware in Arcadia located 10 miles south of Winston-Salem. My guest today finished 10th in the first KBF Trail Series event of the season on the Kissimmee Chain of Lakes, Joe Comiotti. Joe, thank you for joining me. Before we jump into what went down in Florida, I got to ask you, are you a better freshwater or saltwater fisherman?
1: Oh, that's a tough guess. Um, I, I think personally I'm a little bit better on saltwater
0: than I am on fresh. I got you. I got you. Well, let's, let's talk about that for just one second. You know, talk about how you were able to earn a spot on, uh, on team USA for the 26 Hobie, Hobie world championship. So on the
1: 2016 one, I won the Sarasota IFA. Um, I fished in Tampa and that's a one redfish, one trout aggregate
0: for your two biggest fish. What do you, uh, what do you remember about that tournament? First off, what was kind of, what was the most memorable part of that for you? Ooh, so
1: for the tournament in Sarasota, I was on some really good redfish. Um, I probably caught the most redfish I've ever caught in one day. I actually stopped fishing on pre fish day on Friday. Um, caught about 35 reds that were 22 to 25 inches. And my arms were actually so tired that I couldn't even reel in anymore. So I just basically filmed all these redfish. I was on a school of probably 600 redfish that were all between 30 and 35 to 36 inches. Holy cow. So Yeah, it was really weird. I've never been in a place that had so many redfish. And I showed up on tournament day and there was like seven or eight kayakers. But I knew where they were. They were sitting. So I went right there and. I caught one fish that was 32 and a half inches and I, I just left. I got off the water and was like, man, if somebody beats me with, with my, with my trout that was 21 and, and 32 inch, or 32 and a half inch redfish, they, they deserve to beat me.
0: No doubt about that. So where, where did the, uh, where did the world championship end up being that year? That year was in Louisiana, in Leeville,
1: Louisiana, down in the Southern end near Grand Isle. Okay, gotcha. How was that, how was that event? The event was really great. The weather was horrible. Um, We had blowing 25 to 30 mile an hour northeast winds with a lot of, um, a lot of water movement, um, negative low tides. So the water was just ripping out of the bayous, Uh, super shallow, skinny water, really cold. But I mean, nobody really goes to those tournaments for the fishing. It, it's it's this, you know, meeting people and having a really great time with everybody at the tournament is what those tournaments are really
0: about. Sounds like, I mean, it'd be a really cool experience for anybody to make one of those world, world championships. I know they're, um, they end up being all over the place and it was kind of I guess it was kind of fortunate for you for it to be, uh, for it to be in the United States. Yeah.
1: I, you know, when I won the Sarasota tournament and I, I knew where we were going to Louisiana and I was kind of bummed cause you really want to travel. I mean, I could fish Louisiana anytime. So for me, it was kind of like, and right, I right. get to go to Louisiana. I've fished there before. It's not really a, a great thing. Um, last year when I went to Hobie world's eight, that was in Australia. And that was an amazing trip because I actually got to travel around the world to, to go fishing.
0: Absolutely. What kind of fish were you catching in Australia? Australia? We were
1: targeting saltwater brim. It's a mix between like uh, a sheep's head and kind of looks like a piranha style face with a sheep's head body, um, smaller fish, but, but very aggressive and, and a lot of fun to catch.
0: Well, let's switch gears to a, to another fish that's fun to catch, and that is these Florida largemouth bass. Um, as I said earlier, you were able to take 10th place in the first the first day of the trail series. Um, how exciting was it to kind of start off the uh, the bass fishing season on a, on a high note like that? Man,
1: it was really great. I went down there last week, did some pre-fishing on some lakes, was really struggling, um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I didn't catch a bag at all. Um, couple fish here and there, nothing of size. And then Thursday, I, I did something that I usually really don't do. I, I, I just ventured off and was like, you know what, I'm just going to go out and fun fish today. I'm not even really going to try to pre-fish. I'm just going to go out, have fun. And I wandered into this creek system. And, and I, I'm not a real big creek fisherman, but I wandered up this creek system and I went about six and a half miles up this creek system. And a buddy of mine came with me because I was like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere. So just come with me. And he came with me. We went up this creek system and we caught like 200 bass on Thursday. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, um, yeah, I think I know where we're coming. And he's like, yeah, we need to leave before we really beat these fish up. So we left, we left it alone on Friday and Saturday morning when I got to the ramp, there was 20, 24 kayaks at the ramp we were launching. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh dude, we're going to need to race people to this Creek because there, there's no way this is the only thing here other than some docks. It's really the only thing that's at this, at this Lake. So we, we took off from the launch and we head up there and it was about an hour pedal straight consistent hour pedal to get there and when we made the turn into the into the creek there was nobody behind us and i looked at him and was like dude we're gonna have a blast today
0: absolutely yeah fortunate that fortunate nobody followed you in there so kind of uh after that point how were you able to how were you able to catch your fish that uh ended up in your bag for for day one
1: so we focused on basically all the channel swings inside this creek system so the creek was probably about i'm going to say a foot to a foot and a half deep throughout the whole creek but in the channel swings and the and the river cuts it was about seven to eight feet deep so every single channel swing and and river cut um had fish in it. it it was loaded with fish you'd come up to a thing And I started off with throwing chatterbaits and some swimbaits, and I would catch a couple fish off that. And then once they weren't hitting that, I'd throw a jerkbait through there, and they'd smack the jerkbait for a while, and and then that would shut off. And then you'd go to like a speedworm on a small weight, and you'd catch a couple on that, and then it would shut off. So we basically just worked about 20 different river swing bends and just worked each one as we went up with different baits. So we'd spend about 20, 30 minutes in each one and go to the next one and do the same thing over and over and over until we both got
0: our bags. I gotcha. So it wasn't really, it was kind of a mix of, kind of a mix of everything for you then. Yeah, nothing, nothing really that
1: I just started off with and stayed with the whole day because we'd get in, we'd get into a channel swing and all of a sudden, you you know, you'd catch, three or four on the chatter bait and then they just wouldn't bite it anymore. So you throw something really quick, grab the next rod, throw right in. And it was like the light switch turned back on and you'd start catching them again and you'd catch three or four. And and it did that throughout like five or six different baits. And then we just left, we went to the next one. So nothing particularly the whole day stayed on one, you know, specific bait,
0: but it it was a, of a variance of, of baits. Absolutely. Was it kind of a, uh, was it kind of a morning deal or were you able to catch fish throughout the day?
1: So I had my limit on day one for, we launched at 630. um, Lines in was at seven by 738. I had my limit. I already had five fish. I was sitting at 78 inches and the guy that was with me had 74 inches. I think right at eight o'clock. So we both had our limit really fast. And then throughout the day, we would just pick off and upgrade one at a time. I caught my last fish at two 15 lines out was at three and we had to be off the water and back and weigh in. So I was actually coming out of the Creek system and I, I just threw, I picked up this big jerk bait. And as I came out of the Creek, right at the mouth, I threw it at these, these pads and, just playing around was like yeah, I'm gonna get a couple more casts and and I stuck that 18 and I was like oh my god that's that's a massive upgrade and it, it I mean it was an upgrade of, from a 15 inch fish to an 18
0: and I was sitting there like oh the, I, I'm definitely in the money now so mm-hmm. no doubt no doubt when uh, on these on these. Uh on these channel swings, um, you know, you were talking about the drop-offs. Was there, was there any other defining feature other than the drop-offs? Was there grass or what was the, was there any other structure in that, on those swings? No, basically the swings were, they were just really deep cut banks
1: right along cypress. I mean, the whole area we fished was solid cypress, and we were in like a cypress swamp. And nothing that was defining to where it was like, Hey, this one's going to have more fish than the next one. It was just the the depth of the water held the fish in there. Um, I I couldn't even use my drive between hole to hole. I had to actually paddle a lot of it. So it it wasn't like you can get in there. You couldn't ever get in there with a bass boat. You couldn't get in there with a John boat. So, you know, I think a lot of these fish were just resident fish and they were sitting in these deep
0: holes and, and basically whatever came in there, they were, they were ready for it. That's the, you know, everyone always talks about kind of the beauty of kayak fishing is getting into getting into places, bass boats and regular, regular boaters can't. And that certainly seems to be, certainly seems to be the case with you this weekend. Yeah. It was
1: funny. Cause we came down the river and as we came down the river, we came out about, about a half mile stretch. Boats could come in and come out but, you know, it got so narrow and so skinny in water, we were coming out and I was laughing and there was two boats like stopped right at the boundary where they can actually go any further. And the guy looks at me and he, and he says, he's like, how'd you do up there? And I was like, oh, we didn't catch any fish. He's like, man, don't lie to me. I've walked <laughs> up there before. He's like, I know how good you did. I was like, okay, then, then I guess you did. Right. And I was like, yeah, I was like, we caught like 150 bass on day, on day one. And on day two, we got over 200 bass, so it it was crazy. So between Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, we probably caught like 600 bass up there.
0: That's amazing. That's a great day. No matter no matter if you if you catch the big ones or not, it's just so it's so much fun to catch that many fish in a day. Yeah, it's
1: it was funny because like I ran out of I ran out of Kytex swim baits. I ran out of speed worms. Um, I broke off like six jerk baits because, you know, you get them caught on the cypress knuckles and all that. And like everything I would just put on, it was it was crazy. It was literally like fish. And, and again, we did go through a lot of 12 inchers. We went through a lot of 14 inchers. I mean, I, on Sunday, my biggest fish was 16 and a half on Sunday, but I caught like 40 14 inch fish. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was on fire all day long but just the quality wasn't there on Sunday as the quality was there on Saturday. Right. Right. What Lake was this? If you don't mind me asking. So I fished Lake hatch is the Lake I fished out of the chain. Okay. Um, it w- it, it's a very distinct river system on Lake hatch. Um, like I said, boats can't get in there. You know, I, you might be able to get a John boat in there, but you're not going to get it far so it was just a very distinct area that we we focused on. The wind was really bad on, on Sunday. So we knew we had to find a place that we were going to get out of wind and it could have been blowing 50 or 60 miles an hour. We would have never known. I mean, we were so deep in the swamp, the trees were, I mean, everything was beautiful
0: conditions where we were fishing in there. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. I'm sure. Are you one of the guys who kind of were you watching the leaderboard throughout the day or you guys kind of did you just kind of keep to keep to yourself and just post your fish? Well,
1: actually it's funny because where we were in the swamp, we had zero service.
0: That's what that's
1: what I I I figured as much. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because when we came into the into the river system, we came around a river bend and I looked and I went to submit a fish, and I'm like, oh wow, we've got service right here. I was like, so we need to come back to this location to submit all of our fish because nowhere else on this six mile stretch did we have service. And in this like hundred yard, a hundred foot section, we had service. So we would catch our fish. And when we got an upgrade, we would pedal back down. And And sometimes it was like a half mile to a mile. We would head back down to that one spot. We would submit our fish and then we would pedal and paddle back up and start fishing again. So it was funny. It was like, Hey, I got an upgrade. I'll see you in 15 minutes. And you would run down to that spot, send in your fish and then run back up. So we never, you know, never had time to really sit there and scroll through anything. It was enough time to get down there, load the
0: fish and then run back up to where we were fishing. Right. Right. So when you're, when you're back there, did you think that, that it, if you caught the right fish, you'd have a shot at winning? Man, I,
1: I, I was really worried when I got back there on Thursday because we had caught a lot of smaller fish, you know, coming into that location. And then we got into this one hole and I stuck a 19 and a half. And it was like the second cast in the hole. And I'm like, oh, man, there are big fish back here. I was like, you know what? If if we can catch a couple of these, you know, I I think we got a chance. And it was funny because I caught the 19 and a half. I rolled up about another 200 yards and I caught an 18 and a quarter. And I literally looked at, I was sitting with my buddy and I'm like, dude, that was stupid. I don't believe I just stuck those two fish. We we need to leave. And, and at that point, when we got those two fish, I was like, you know what? It could be one back here. We're going to grind through a lot of fish to get those fish, but, but they are there. So yeah, I, I would have never went there if I didn't think I couldn't have won. But I mean, I'm one of those guys that in a tournament like that, when I know the the lakes get really pressured with boats, the lakes are getting pressured with kayak fishermen. We have a strong wind that's going to come up, you know. So I was more like, hey, if we can get out of the wind, get away from people, get our
0: limits, we should we should be able to to do good. Absolutely. Um, was this your? Was this? Your first experience fishing on the Kissimmee Chain, or how much how much history did you have on these lakes before before this event? So this was actually the first time I've ever fished the Kissimmee Chain. Um, I
1: fished lakes around that area, but I've never specifically fished the Kissimmee Chain. So it, you know that's why I went there. La- I went there a week in advance, um, and I, I fished a different lake every day. Never went back to a lake, you know, other than you know going back to the lake for for the tournament day never never fished the same lake twice you know put it put in basically 14 hours a day on each lake to find out you know what i was going to do and just just basically did my my homework and like i said it was it was just a strictly luck that i found this creek system
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um when did you get a chance to go back through, kind of look through the standings and see see what other people were able to catch that day? Yeah, I mean, I, I look back,
1: basically, a lot of people were catching, like, they'd catch one or two really good fish, and then everybody else was getting 13, 14s, and 15s. So, you know, the leaders, they put up three good fish and then a 14 and a third or a 15 and a 13. So anybody could have won day one it was just strictly you know did you have two good kicker fish um you know basically all my fish was was 18 a 17 and a half a 17 uh 15 and three quarter and then i think i had a 14 and three quarter that i was trying to upgrade at the end so everybody had two small fish and and three good fish basically in the top 15 is, is where it was
0: mm-hmm. it's funny because I looked at the uh, I looked at the leaderboard. I think it was like nine thirty or ten o'clock, just to see what was going on. And somebody posted a, a twenty-four had already posted a twenty-four inch fish. And I was like, man, gonna it may take over hundred inches to win this tournament. It didn't it didn't quite end up happening. But I thought I, I thought early on it was going to be quite the, uh quite the slugfest. But the thing about Florida is, as you kind of as you kind of said there, there are a lot of smaller fish.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of smart fish,
0: and, and the Florida
1: strain bass are so temperamental. You know, so if you get you get a north wind that comes out, those fish shut down. They do not like north winds, they don't like cold fronts, especially that far down in Florida that they're not used to it. So they'll come up and they'll stage for spawning. And then basically on Wednesday and Thursday, we had a wicked cold front came in. It was 75 and 80 on Wednesday. And it was 46 on Thursday, you know, so we had a massive cold front come in right before the tournament. So those fish that were staging all pushed off again. So I knew that, you know, there's going to be some guys that are going to catch some really good fish, but I, I, I was almost positive. Nobody was going to put a bag together. That was going to be, you know, a hundred inches. I just, I, as many days as I fished everybody, I talked to boaters and, and everybody, nobody was putting, you know, five twenties in the boat, just, it just wasn't happening. Uh, The tournament that went off Wednesday night tournament on Kissimmee that went off, it was 20 pounds that won for five fish, you know? So those are in Florida during the spawn, those are 17, 18 inch fish, maybe a 19 kicker. And I just knew that it was going to be somewhere between 90 and 95 inches
0: to win either day. Mm Mm-hmm. When you were uh, when you were fishing the other lakes during practice, um, what were you trying to accomplish during your practice time? Were you trying to kind of find some some more offshore fish? I didn't focus
1: on offshore because basically to get offshore with a kayak at most of the so I don't know if people people probably don't really know the Kissimmee Chain as well. Um, there is not a lot of launches on the Kissimmee Chain. Uh, So, you know, Lake Kissimmee probably has only five launches that that are legal launches for kayaks. You know, so to get to some of these offshore places that boats can get to, it might be a four or five mile pedal just to get out to that location from a legal ramp. So I I focused on stuff that was closer to the ramps, like my limit on mileage, you know, to go out was three miles. So I would put a circle around a ramp, and I'd say, okay, I'll go out three miles, and that's all I'm going to do, because that, that's all I'm really going to do in, in a tournament. Three miles is basically an hour pedal in the morning, and then you fish, and you still have an hour pedal back. So you're going to give up an hour in the morning. You're going to give up an hour at the end of the day. So you don't want to give up too much time trying to go to an offshore location with hydrilla you might spend an hour and a half to get there and then you'll get one or two fish and then six or seven boats pulling on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's shot. So you really got to focus on stuff closer to ramps, you know, go to a, a stretch of pads or go to a bank or find some decent hydrilla that's close, you know, to a ramp. That way you can get there, fish it. And if it's not good, you can move to another location.
0: I gotcha. So Ended up being your, your, your little Creek there ended up being a real, the, the real deal for you and uh, a top finish, you know, what do you kind of have, uh, what do you kind of have planned for the rest of your season? Are you fishing more KBF events or kind of, kind of take me through what your plan is for the rest of 2021 here? So basically for the rest of 2021,
1: I'm focusing on KBF. Um, I like their format. It's a little bit nicer format for traveling. You get to fish two tournaments in a weekend. So if you have a bad day on Saturday, you throw Saturday away, it's no big deal. You can rebound and still have a decent tournament on Sunday and you still get good points and you're paying the same amount of entry fee. You know, it's one hundred and fifteen dollars on Saturday. It's one hundred and fifteen dollars for a Sunday tournament, but you're getting two tournaments a weekend. So you you don't have to travel as much as the Hobie. Hobie is now 265, and it's a two-day event, which is really nice. But if you have a bad day on Saturday, you might as well just pack up and go home. So you, you don't get that extra tournament on Sunday. So I like the KBF format, and this year I, – I, this this is be my first year that I'm actually going to fish KBF. I've always fished the Hobie and, and other, other tournament series, and, and I'm going to do a strictly KBF across the board. I'm going to throw in one or two Hobie. Uh, bass open series i'm definitely going to do the Susquehanna because that was an amazing fishery and i'm probably going to go up to lake champlain just because i've always wanted to fish that and it's it's definitely a good tournament to go try it and have some fun with
0: absolutely so will you be down at uh
1: down at lake murray here in a couple weeks i will yeah i'm, I'm starting to get doing all my my uh homework on that now and i've never fished lake murray and i've and i've got goods and bads from a lot of people so it'll be interesting to see how the lake shows out and i'll uh i'll head down there probably four or five days before the tournament and start my pre-fishing but i I will definitely be on lake murray and um, i'm gonna skip the pickwick one i've got some family stuff i gotta take care of and then i'm gonna definitely hit the potomac hit the connecticut one uh, St. Clair is a must in, in June. That's, that's like prime time for smallmouth and St. Clair no and doubt. then Kentucky and then Kentucky
0: Lake at the end of the year is like where I'm going to end up. Gotcha. And is there on that schedule, is there any saltwater stuff mixed in there as well? Are you focusing all bass this year, man? I, with IFA not doing tournaments this
1: year, I, I don't know what salt I'm really going to get to. Um, it's kind of tough. Like I would only do the IFAs cause I really love their tournament series. I love, I love the people that put it on, I'm friends with everybody on that, that fishes that trail. So it's like every time I go there, it was just like a, a homecoming. So it's kind of sad to see that tournament series not being held this year. And I don't really know too many people or, or a series that is is being put on by salt. So, not not going to focus on
0: salt that much this year just just basically freshwater this year yeah i saw that i i forgot the ifa wasn't hosting tournaments this year and uh you know that's that's pretty disappointing for for a lot of for a lot of people who focus on saltwater fishing because there's a there's obviously a ton of people who saltwater fish so that's super that's a super disappointing thing
1: yeah it is um I will do probably one or two saltwater tournaments. I'm going to try to do ride the bull this year at the end of August. It's a, it's a tournament I've always wanted to go to. They'll have close to six or 700 kayakers in grand Isle, Louisiana at the end of August. And it's basically the, your biggest bull red Um, some tournaments they catch two, 300 of them. Some tournaments they don't Um, just, it's the time of year and I usually don't ever get to, to do that tournament because I usually have the IFA championship is usually two or three weeks after that tournament so I can't take two trips down to Louisiana financially wise but this year since the IFA is not going on um, I'm going to definitely get down there and do that tournament it's a tournament that I think everybody that's ever wanted to saltwater fish and catch 50 inch bulls it's a it's a tournament that you want to go to
0: awesome man yeah I've been I've been wanting to get into redfish here a little bit now that I'm that I've I moved here about a year and a half ago. So I've been trying to I've been wanting to go out and get some redfish here on the on the North Carolina coast. And that that tournament sounds amazing. I know down down Louisiana's got some amazing red fishing. So that sound that sounds like a really neat tournament for sure. Yeah, you know,
1: I tell everybody if you ever want to go fishing for redfish, like I understand everybody from Virginia to Texas has them, but the Mecca for redfishing is southern Louisiana. You can go out on a day and get in the marsh and you can catch 60 redfish and not even really try. It, it's it's so crazy. Their fishery down there is amazing. They, they do such a great job. There's fish everywhere. It's always fun. You know, the, the culture, the people,
0: the food, everything is amazing in Louisiana. Absolutely, man, absolutely. Well, before I get you out of here, is there anything anything you wanna promote Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody has a kayak choice. I, I choose Hobie.
1: Um, I feel they're the best for me. Uh, great Outdoor Provision Company in Raleigh. They've got nine locations all over North Carolina and Virginia. And then die Safe. I always use die Safe. It's a dye that uh, box that so you don't drip, you know, dye all over your kayaks. And then we've got power pole Boondocks, especially you know i can't get a lot of places without my boondocks landing gear and the new rudder on the outback really made that thing steer great
0: this week but other than that that's really about it awesome man well congratulations again on your great finish down in florida and good luck with the rest of the season man i appreciate you coming on the show yeah not a problem i appreciate it not a, look maybe maybe we'll do this again if we get it we get another good finish absolutely man i'll have you on if i'll have you on a Go try and win one, and we'll definitely have an interesting conversation (laughs) about that. I'm going to try my hardest this year, I'll tell you that. Welcome to this week's edition of My Best Catch, where I ask my wife, Allie, a simple fishing question that she'll likely get incorrect. Now, Allie, this will be the fifth time you are on the podcast, and... We haven't really gotten into your fishing career. Would you like to share with the people what your fishing career has been like so far?
2: Well, when I was little, there was a, um, a lake pretty close um, to my house. We sometimes would go there. Uh, my dad would put a worm on the hook for me and I'm pretty sure it was a Scooby-Doo pole. Uh, and I just kind of toss it in there. Just kind of see whatever showed up on the hook. I just reel it in.
0: Didn't you catch like a giant carp one time?
2: I believe I did. It was quite scary and I don't think I got it all the way to the bank because I was very small. Um, I also think I held a fish one time that you caught. I think that's about it though.
0: You did do that and you almost dropped the dock. I tried to get you to hold the biggest fish but you were too scared too. Anyway, on to this week's question, Allie, what is a chatterbait?
2: That is an easy one, a chatterbait is a bait that uh, is very talkative and it attracts the fish by chatting it up, complimenting it, you know, telling it it looks pretty. that's that's how it attracts the fish and that's how you catch the fish
0: that is all for this week's edition of my best catch tune in next week for another question thank you for joining me as always
2: it is my honor to be with
0: Thanks again to Joe Comiotti for joining me on the show this week. He got on a really special deal down on the Kissimmee chain and was able to write it to a nice paycheck, so again, congratulations to him on an awesome performance. Next week I hope to have CKA Tournament Director Eric Nelson on the show to discuss the upcoming season. Event 1 is right around the corner, February 20th on Sharon Harris. I believe that will be the first tournament of my season, so make sure you tune in next week for details on that event and I'm sure we'll talk to Eric about his great 2020 season as well as what he has planned for 2021. I'm two weeks away from getting my native Slayer Max 12.5 and I'm hoping I'll be able to use it in the first CK event of the season at Sheeran Harris. So thank you to CPSO for getting me hooked up with that rig. I'm super excited to test out the pedal drive system and have a a hands-free approach to fishing in 2021. So thanks again to them. When you head over to CPSO to buy your next kayak, make sure to let them know you heard about them on my podcast. I also have another order from Carolina Waters on the way. I have some warmer weather gear in there. I also have a shirt for Allie. So as you can tell from that bit of information, I am ready for winter to be over. It has been so dreary. It's freezing rain outside my house as we speak. So I can't wait for that warm weather and some sunshine and I'll be wearing Carolina Waters gear when it comes around. So that is all I have for this week's edition of the show. Tune in next week for a conversation with Eric Nelson. And until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast.